Thank you for joining us for this podcast from Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama. Now, let's join Pastor Kent Maddox as he brings his message for today. As we continue this journey of season of miracles, we just believe that this truly is a season of miracles uh, in the body of Christ and here at Word Alive. There's, I, I sense on one hand some intense warfare. But on the other hand, I sense incredible favor falling around us and expectations arising. You know, there's something, there's like this, this war in the heavens going on. It feels like on one level that, you know, that the enemy really knows what's about to transpire. And on the le- other hand, I feel this incredible favor and actually seeing some first fruits of what this season could look like that God wants to take you and I into. I was encouraged by one of our uh, leaders here at the church that called me this week and said, uh, uh, you know, Kent, uh, not only is, is I believe it's a season of miracles that we're going to experience locally, he said, I believe we're about to step in that season where there's going to be such miracles that people just start coming from all over because of the reports of the miraculous things that God is doing in our midst. You know, it says that Jesus' fame spread when he began to move in the way he moved and did great miracles. And, uh, you know, I just want you to know that we are, a, we, we are a church that believes in the miracle working power of God that's still available right here, right now today. And so that's why we're tapping into this season of miracles. And so today, in these last few moments, hopefully you got one of these claws when you came in. If you've got it, it's been a good time just to maybe hold on to it just as a, a touch point of, of faith. I just want to speak on a moment for, on, on the concept of the touch point of faith. The touch point of faith. Look with me, Mark 5, 25 through 24. It says, y'all know this story. It says, when the woman heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak or garment because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I'd get healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Isn't that interesting? You see, people were crowding around him. The scripture says, and his disciples said, why would you ask who touched me? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. Yet Jesus said something along these lines. He said, yeah, but somebody's touched me differently. Somebody has touched me with faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, if you come to God, you must believe that he is God. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because without faith, you cannot please God. Speaking of Oral Roberts, I'm on the Oral Roberts kick today for some reason. He used to say, Kent, God's not moved by need. If he was, there would be none. God's moved by faith. And so our job is to encourage people in the body of Christ to have faith in God. Just like John Osteen was preaching this morning. A lot of us have bragged on God and experienced salvation, but there's much more in God that he wants to do. He wants to do physical, financial, relational, mental miracles in this season that we're in. 
with, if we'll reach out and touch him by faith. Look at Mark 6, 56, another affirmation of this. Wherever he entered, Jesus, into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces. We talked recently about ecclesia around here, how that God wants to move in the marketplace. Look at that. A lot of miracles that took place in the marketplace. Wherever he entered, villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. A lot of people ask God to touch them. Lord, touch me. Lord, heal me. Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. But that's not what the scripture says. The scriptures didn't say as many as, as, many as God touched. It says as many as touched him. And we know and realize that it is our faith when it's released to God that touches God. Another thing I thought was remarkable is that how the anointing could be transferred onto Jesus' clothes. So they weren't saying, Jesus said, I might touch you, but if I could just touch your clothes. And there's many Hebraic thoughts we could go into there, but the main point I want to make today is just simply the fact that the anointing can manifest and be transferred to things. Some people have a hard time believing that, but what's interesting is they don't have a hard time believing it in the demonic realm. In the demonic realm, they pray over all sorts of stuff. What some of you don't realize is that there's a real demon, there's real demons, a real devil, in a real demonic realm. Some of you maybe even, even struggle with the concept of why meth is so hard for people to get off of because it's not just a chemical, it's demonic. People I know of that have been way into witchcraft and the occult practice actually have testified to me that witches and warlocks, when they cook meth, put spells and incantations over it so that when people ingest it for the very first time, they get up under that spirit. It's just the facts. I've heard teachings and studies and experiences in my own life were, were items that had been offered up to idols in people's homes. Carries unclean spirits with it, and sometimes you have to kind of clean, have a house clean and get some stuff out of there. Well, if, it's, if, it, if we can believe, believe that for the demonic realm, how much more if the demonic realm can move stuff onto stuff? And by the way, we have that happen here, not to freak anybody out, but there's voodoo dolls that get dropped off sometimes that look like me with pins in them. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's, uh, <laughs> there's animals, birds with their heads cut off. There, there's, there's this kind of stuff that try to do this around here, but I got good news. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus, right? And we don't mind them dropping them off because we know if they keep coming on this property, dropping off, the Holy Ghost is going to jump on them here in a minute. I was preaching in Argentina two weeks ago, and there was a witch sitting on the third row just going at me, trying to put vex and hex and whatever. Fortunately, I don't speak Spanish, so it didn't bother me. I didn't know what she was saying, but, she, but the, you know, the interpreter was saying, there's a witch like there. Just, she's not so... What are we going to do about it? We preaching, you know. He did. 
As soon as we released the anointing, the power of God hit her so hard, it flipped her over to the back of the chair. She got up trembling, crying, and the demons just started coming out of her wife. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. And what some of you don't, don't, don't believe is that there are, there are specific assignments. I wasn't even headed there, but I guess I'm here for a reason. That have been spoken against you, your business, health, whatever. And, 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 but God has given you the power, the power through the anointing, right, to overcome all this stuff and walk in victory. And so the anointing is transferable. Uh, look at this. I want to get here really quick. Look at Acts 19, 11 through 12. And God worked unusual miracles by the hands of, the, of, of Paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons, uh, what that would have meant is literally in those days a man of, of, of a certain amount of wealth would wear a certain piece of garment around his head for, so he wouldn't sweat and a belt around his waist that was called an apron. It says these were actually brought from his body to the sick and when that happened, diseases left people and evil spirits were driven out of them. They would have obviously taken that, cut it up into small cloths and when they would take it to friends, relatives, people in their community that were dealing with sickness, disease, or demonic issues, the anointing was so strong that it actually was transferred to a cloth and actually when they would lay that cloth as a point of faith of contact on a situation or circumstance, supernatural things would happen. I told you the story, it's worth telling again, he's a pastor, a friend of mine, he was a rock and roller, drug addict, you know, just out there, just going as hard as he could for the world. And uh, his mom was a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, faith-filled, spirit-filled, blood-washed, baptized, fire-baptized, prayer warrior. So she just prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and nothing happened. So she finally called her son one time and said, hey, I need to clean your apartment for you. He goes, Mom, you don't need to come over here doing all that. I'm a grown man. She said, no, I want to bless you. Clean your problem, clean your house for you, cook you a meal. So while he was gone, she went over there and she cleaned the house. And while she was there, she took her a prayer cloth, put some oil on it, stuck it between his sheet and the bed, the fitted sheet, so he couldn't find it. Said, Lord, when he lays down the light tonight, I pray the Holy Ghost would just get upon him and minister to him and, and talk to him and she said, you know, it wasn't about two days. He called me in the middle of the night, crying and weeping. Said, what? She said, son, what's wrong with you? He said, mama, the Holy God. I went to bed tonight. I was drunk as a skunk, high, and I laid down, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came all over me. I want to be saved. I feel a call of God to the ministry. And he's preaching the gospel today because the anointing is, come on, somebody. Now, here's where I, where I want to land. Look at John 20 with me. Here's what I found interesting. While Jesus is on earth, people are touching his clothes and getting healed. But in John 20, it says, when Jesus rose from the dead, Mary, who had touched him many times in the natural life as Jesus walked the earth, came into him and Jesus said unto her, don't touch me. Don't touch me, why? For I'm not yet ascended to my Father. 
But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, to your God and my God. Never before in scripture had Jesus called his God their God. He had always said, my father, my God. But after the resurrection, Jesus says, I'm not going just to my God. I'm going to my God and your God. Look out now. I'm going to my God and your God. I'm going to my father and your father. So what happened was, is Jesus, it says, I won't take time to go to all the scriptures, but it's in Hebrews. It says, not with the blood of an animal, not with the blood of a goat, but with his own blood, he came out of the grave and ascended into heaven with his own blood and entered into the tabernacle which is in heaven and entered into the holy of holies as our great high priest. The reason she couldn't touch him was after he got up from the dead, he was no longer Jesus, the son of man, walking the earth with an anointing. He was Christ, the son of God, our great high priest. And it says, not with the blood of an animal or not with the blood of a goat, but with his own blood, he entered into the holy place and applied it on the mercy seat. My God. And it says he obtained an eternal redemption for me and you. It takes eight days to sanctify the temple by the high priest. Now check this out. Jesus says, don't touch me. But then John 20, 26 says, look, after eight days. Somebody say eight days. After eight days, his disciples were then and Thomas with them. Remember doubting Thomas? Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. Don't you love that? The doors were shut. Jesus doesn't need a door. Jesus is the door. He just, see, he walked in, and it says, Jesus said, peace be unto you. And he said, hey, Thomas, put your finger in my side. Touch my hands. Touch my feet. Look, eight days before, you couldn't touch Jesus because he was holy, ascended to heaven. But after he had done the eternal work in heaven, he came back. He said, anybody and everybody can touch me now because the blood has been applied. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. Woo! Are you with me? Look at Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is already passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched. <laughs> In the old covenant, you couldn't touch the high priest. We don't have a high priest that cannot be touched. One reason most people don't receive miracles is you don't think you're worthy. You don't think you're holy. You don't think you have a right to it. You don't think you have any business asking God for it. And the good news is you're exactly right. You ain't worthy. You have no business asking for it. There's no reason God should be gracious to you. But God, who is rich in mercy, while we were yet dead in our sins and trespasses, has died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father and has obtained an eternal redemption for me and you. Somebody say, thank God for his mercy. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Amen. 
For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling. Our high priest is so powerful. He's not just moved by what you got. He's moved by how what you got makes you feel. That's the kind of compassionate high priest we have. It's like my my grandson's been sick this week with a cold. And my wife wakes up every day saying, oh, I hope he's better. She's touched by even the feeling. Y'all got any mamas around here? Y'all got any any mamas, grandmas around here that you you get praying over one of your youngins? It's like, Lord, put it on me, but don't, don't. You have such compassion. Lord, if I could take, I've heard you say it. If I could take that thing or if I could take that pain or if I could, because you don't want that young and to suffer. We don't have a high priest in heaven that's sitting there judging every action. We got a high priest in heaven that's actually moved with the feelings of our infirmities. And that's not just sickness, that's weakness. That's wrong behavioral patterns. My God. But was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted by drugs, alcohol, sexual sin, perversion, pornography, gluttony, 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 that's a new word, it's a gluttony, gluttony, lying. Jesus knows what it feels like. So when you're sitting there and the devil's beating your brains out with these temptations, you're not, Jesus isn't just moved because you're not doing it or doing it. He's even moved because he knows what it feels like to be the power of that temptation at work. And he knows exactly how to pray for you. And with every temptation, he will make a way of escape. Therefore, Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. Every person in here has been given a measure of faith. Some of you have just never released it. And so I'm simply encouraging you in this season of miracles, knowing that we've got a great high priest knowing that he is, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, knowing he, you're not trying to beg God to do something. He's already done it. It's just a matter of us releasing our faith. So I just, we took this as elders and we prayed over these claws and we said, God, let the same anointing that's in this house, that's in us as corporate believers, get on this cloth. And Lord, when we take it out here, to our communities, our homes. We're going to use it to release faith. I dare you to do it. I double dog dare you to do it. See, I believe in this. Now, I missed a point here because I got excited. I'm trying to get you out of here early. But I missed a point because some might say, well, that's kind of like superstition and, uh, you know, uh, magic or, you know, Let me go to the good book. <laughs> I never seen this, Dan, when I was looking at Paul 
But right after Paul said in verse 11 and 12, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. The very next scripture says there were some itinerant Jewish exorcists who thought it was superstition and good luck stuff and, it, and they, they could use it that way. So it said they took them, the same clause, and went without the anointing. They went with superstition and trying to make money and trying to play games with it. And it says they came up on a guy that was demon-possessed. And they shook their cloth the same way that Paul was doing his. And they said, uh, wait a minute. They said, Paul we know. Jesus we know. But who are you? <laughs> and I love this part. It says the demon-possessed man jumped on them, whipped their butt, and sent them running out of the house naked. It's in, the, it's in the good book. It says, Then the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. <laughs> this is what got me. And this became known to all the Jews and Greeks, and fear fell on all of them, and the Lord Jesus was magnified. And all those that believed in fortune-telling and misgiving deeds brought their books and their magic stuff and burned it in the sight of the apostles. What did they say? We recognize outside of Jesus, there ain't no power. But with Jesus and the anointing, there is power in this. And it says the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. So we're not talking about magic or superstition. We're talking about the intangible anointing of God to be released. So some of you just go and lay it, lay it, in, lay it in your business. Lord, we just claim, I claim that this anointing will rest on this business and God will start showering favor on us. Put it in your checkbook. Y'all don't carry a blue checkbook no more like I do, do you? Put it on your computer then with some tape. That's wherever you keep your money. Lord, I need an I don't know about you, I need an anointing on my money. Why my money tries to escape when there ain't no anointing on it. But my Bible says he will rebuke the devourer for my sake. Right? Put it on a sick loved one. Carry it with you. You get up on somebody that's got a sickness and say, look, just be honest. I don't know if this thing will work or not, but God honors that. If, you've, if it's never worked, you, may not, you, don't even have to, here's, you don't even have to believe in this. I'm, I got enough faith for you. Yeah, I, I'm not asking you to believe in it. I, I, by faith, release the anointing on it. It doesn't take your faith in it. I released faith on this. Our elders released faith on this. Look, I was preaching up in uh, uh, Nevada, and I had been uh, taught by uh, Derek Prince that when I was in a meeting with him in England, and he walked up, and we were in a room together afterward, and guy came and said, I got a back problem. He said, uh, look, Kent, let me show you. This is how every back problem should, you'll, if you pray like this, they'll all be healed. And he set the guy down and grew his leg out, and he was instantly healed. 
Why I didn't ever do that, I don't know. I never released my faith. 14 years later, I was in Nevada preaching. This lady came in on a, a walker. She sat down on her walker. I'm preaching. Holy Spirit said, do the Derek thing. I was like, my God, that's right, the Derek thing. So I went over to this lady. I told her the story I just told you. I said, I'm not sure this is going to work. <laughs> but what do we got to lose? You came in like this. All we got to lose is you go out like this. So I said, sit in that chair. Her leg was like this much. All of a sudden, the power of God hit. Shoo, her leg shot out. She jumped up off that thing and ran victory laps around that church. And every person I've prayed for since then with that problem has been miraculously healed. What happened? It was there. I just never released the. So you can take this and throw it in your glove box. And everybody drive by is going to get blessed. <laughs> or take it and release faith into circumstances and situations in your life, your family, your children, right? I'm just wanting us to, to have a touch point of faith today to say, God, we, are ex we have a great expectation for signs, wonders, and miracles to be released in this season in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand up with me, will you? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. When our elders prayed over this, a word of knowledge came that especially people dealing with mental diseases, anxiety, depression, fear, dementia, these type of, these type of miracles and anointings during this season. I believe that from today we're going to hear great testimonies of what God has done as we release our faith as a congregation. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I thank you that you are a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, light in the darkness. God, I thank you that faith and expectation is arising in your people today. Lord, I thank you that you're ready to move supernaturally in our midst. There's some things that we can't do on our own that we need supernatural help for something to occur and something to happen. Oh, we thank you for it today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that this is a season for things to move and things to turn supernaturally for the glory of God. 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 We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We honor you for it, even now. For the glory of God, that this is a season where you're wanting your people to release their faith in some things that you want to do and do unusual not common, unusual, not just common, but unusual miracles. Rare, unusual. <laughs> and, and, and when you understand the Greek text of this scripture, that didn't mean one time. It means they stepped into a season of unusual. I believe this isn't a one time. God is going to use this to step us into a season of unusual 
miracles. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. You can find more information on service times and ministry resources on our website at waio.online.